Alright guys, and welcome to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Janky. It's time to run it back from last night's game on Monday Night Football where we had the Seattle Seahawks visiting the New York Giants and we just saw a domination of Seattle over the New York Giants. Guys, I thought the Giants had some more time, maybe could figure some things out with that mini bye week after playing Thursday from San Francisco. And that was not the case. Seattle just dominated, like I said, guys. 11 sacks. Oh, my goodness. They had two interceptions and a fumble recovery. One of those interceptions they took back to the house for 97 yards. It was was just complete and utter hopelessness for the Giants watching that game, really. I, I mean, the Giants at this point have to be thinking about the Daniel Jones buyer remorse. This is the second game that he's thrown for over 200 yards. The other game was the great comeback against the Arizona Cardinals where they scored a bunch of points in the second half. That, by the way, is the only game that he's thrown a touchdown in. In the other three games, he hasn't even thrown a touchdown. He has numerous turnovers. And you saw it last night on the sidelines. Brian Dayball is looking very frustrated with him. I don't know what happened. I mean, the one thing that Daniel Jones can do is he can scramble. He had 66 yards of rushing, but that looked more out of necessity of not getting killed in the backfield, more or less, than scrambling. I mean, it just looked like he was like, oh, I don't want to take another sack. I'm just going to run past it. So I don't know what the Giants are going to do. They're at the danger of falling very low on the power rankings, which they already are, but, I mean, they could be bottom of the barrel. They have... No option to score. None. With Saquon out, I don't know how they even move the ball because obviously they don't. If you're a receiver on the Giants, you're kind of looking like that's where you go to die right now because it there's just no ball movement. Daniel Jones is getting sacked way too much. It's just It's just too bad. Now on the Seattle side of things, like I said, defense is great. I mean, we didn't see huge offensive numbers from anybody. They didn't need to. They were given short fields. They scored when they needed to, and that was about it. Um, Kenneth Walker had a touchdown and about 79 yards rushing, I believe. I mean, Geno Smith got hurt early on in the game, ended up coming back. It was an ankle injury. You could tell it kind of uh, bothered him, too, because he kept getting um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties uh, from the refs because he kept jawing at the Giants. So I don't know what was going on there. Very chippy game. Very, very chippy game. Needless to say, Seattle won in dominating fashion, and the Giants are free-falling is the best way to put it. Okay, guys, let's go over what I did in week four for picks. All right, what we have for the money line, I am 10-6 and six for the week. Against the spread, I'm a dismal 4-12, and 12. and on the over-under, I'm 9-7. and seven. Now, for the year... I am I, on the money line. I am thirty-nine and twenty-five against the spread. I'm twenty-six, thirty-five, and one. And on the over/under, I'm thirty-five and twenty-nine. Now, I just want to point out something to you guys, as you guys are laughing at me because you're like, "Oh my God, your picks are so bad, PJ." 
Let's just go to Pete Prisco of uh, CBS, their local expert, and let's see how he's doing uh, against uh, the spread and straight up just for the year or two. Uh, straight up, Pete Prisco was 10-6 and six last week. Oh, look at that. He's 39-25 and 25 overall. Oh, that sounds familiar. Oh, let's go against the spread. Oh, last week he was 6-9-1. and one. Doesn't sound like he had a good week either. Oh, and he's 29-33-2 for the year against the spread. Well, those don't sound like great numbers either. Hey, Pete Prisco, I love you, pal. Just want to give you a little shout-out. I just want to compare it for my fans out there that, listen, all the experts, and I'm not calling myself an expert, but all the experts were a little off last week, especially with some of these games that were played and especially with a lot of the surprises that happened. And we're all just figuring it out for the year. Okay, let's get down to our post-week four power rankings. Okay, here we go. Let's start at the bottom. We know who's down there. Number 32. The Chicago Bears. It's unbelievable to me, guys, and I said it last yesterday a little bit, how this team finds more confounding ways to lose games. They're up by three touchdowns. They look like they're moving the ball at will, and they give away the game. And not only that, they have a chance to win or put up more points in the game, and they go for a fourth and one and don't get it, and play calling looks ridiculous and now Chase Claypool was told to stay away from the team because of some comments he made last week but the coach doesn't know that but now he knows that I I don't know it's a free fall they traded a second round pick for Chase Claypool I thought it would work out better now they're looking to trade him but now they're probably going to cut him because nobody wants to trade him I it just it this team is fully lit dumpster fire just be ready because it's only going to get worse probably on Thursday when we visit Washington. Okay, number 31, uh, the other un- the other beaten team in the league, and that's the Carolina Panthers. The only thing that I'll give to the Carolina Panthers is I think they know who their quarterback is. They want to keep moving with Bryce Young. Their defense looks like it plays at least a little bit better. You know, they don't find new interesting ways to lose every week. At least they have an excuse that, you know, they don't have an offensive line and their quarterback's a first-year guy. So that's what they got over the Bears. Okay, number 30. We've got the New York Giants, guys. I'm telling you, (laughs) they they got nothing right now. And their defense played a little bit better last night at some points. But, man, that offense is abysmal. And it's going to drag the rest of this team down for a while. If they couldn't figure it out in that that time frame to get it going, I don't know what's going to happen because Dayball, like I said, he looks very frustrated with Daniel Jones, and I don't think it's going to get any better. All right, 29, we got the Denver Broncos. Yes, they got their first win of the year, but their defense gave up another 400-yard game. That's like the third time, guys, that they've given up 400 yards or more in a game this year. There's only been four games. They, that's not good. So the Broncos, one thing I can say is their offense doesn't look like it's a problem. Their defense, though, needs to get something figured out. And I think, really, the defense is lucky that the game was won because if not, there would be major cries in Denver for, to get rid of Vance Joseph. Not that there isn't already. Okay, number 28, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, they won... They have a pretty decent offense. Kirk Cousins still turns over the ball a little too much for me. 
they beat the other beaten team, I should say, in the Carolina Panthers, and that's the only reason why they jumped up to 28 and not really anymore. At least their defense looked a little bit better. But man, Vikings probably should have put a hurting on the Panthers, and you really didn't. So at the end of the day, they are number 28 on the list. Okay, number 27. I've got the Arizona Cardinals, guys. Now, they beat Dallas last week. They got beat this week by San Francisco. But man, they keep moving the ball. They keep Their defense tries to keep them in it as best they can. I don't see any fight in this team. or I mean, I don't see any quit in this team, I should say, which is really interesting to say because I thought the way that this uh, year was going to shape up was the Cardinals were going to basically look like either the Bears or the Giants, and they aren't. They are playing some ball. So 27 on the list. Number 26, the Las Vegas Raiders, guys. I I don't know what to say about this team. I, I, I'm not a big believer in Josh McDaniels. I know I've said this before on the pod. They just they they are a frustrating team as well. Now I know they were starting a brand new uh, quarterback. It was his first start. Had a you know three turnovers kind of thing. But man, there's just uh, it kind of feels like there's a lack of leadership on this team really too. So Raiders twenty six on the list. All right, let's go to number twenty five. That'd be the New England Patriots. I talked about it yesterday, guys. They're, they're wide receiving core. I don't know who's stepping up in that that area, but they need to figure it out because they look like they're starting to kind of get into that free fall zone too. Defense is definitely okay. Well, they lost a couple people on Sunday that I'll get back to here shortly. But, man, uh, they got to figure something out on that offensive side a little bit. Their running game really hasn't gotten going. Bill O'Brien's gotten been brought in to fix this stuff it does look like it is a potential to be better but they need to figure out somebody and somebody in that wide receiver room needs to step up okay number 24 guys i have to put them down here because i'm just not a big believer in their quarterback that's atlanta falcons desmond ritter i don't know how long you can have this experiment go on i think you got to go to taylor uh heineke in this one and just move on and try to give your skill players a better position to win the games for you. And that's just not happening with Desmond Ritter right now, guys. So the Falcons, and they barely put up any points the last two weeks, and that's a really bad sign. I think it's only going to get worse if Ritter stays in there. So I think they need to make a decision. I think they need to make a decision quick. Okay, number 23, I have the New York Jets. Now, definitely, definitely better game last week defensively they really stepped up and offensively they stepped up huge against um the Kansas City Chiefs which is one of the best teams in the league guys they're not all the way there yet they played on primetime they played at home let's see if they can do a repeat performance and go into Denver and beat the tar out of the Broncos which you know if Justin Fields is having career days, I'm sure Zach Wilson could have a career day against the Broncos defense. But let's see what happens. They could be, uh, they look like a riser on this list, Is uh, needless to say. Okay, number 22 on this list, I have the Houston Texans. They're playing some ball. They just beat the Steelers. Uh, I'm very uh, impressed in how they're playing on both sides of the ball. C.J. Stroud has quietly really been putting stringing together some good games here guys and I think they have the potential to be even better on this list and I said that at the beginning of the year they got their running game finally going a little bit this last game 
they need to continue that. But I I see some good stuff for the Houston Texans in the future. Okay, number 21 on this list. Uh, they kind of free fell to this spot. What is the New Orleans Saints? I don't know what happened in the last couple weeks. I mean, I know Derek Carr got injured. Maybe he shouldn't have played. I don't know. Um, but their defense didn't look that great either against uh, Division Foe in Tampa Bay. But... I'll be honest with you, that offense needs to figure out something. They need got to get Chris Olave back involved. Okay, number 20 on this list, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know what's going on with this team, guys. And I don't think they know what's going on with this team. A team that was a potential Super Bowl contender at 1-3. and three, And the last game only managed to put up three points. I... For some explosive offense, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if Joe Burrow knows what's going on. Now they lost T. Higgins now, it looks like, for a while, which I'll get into a little bit later. But they are free-falling, needless to say, and they're 20th on this list. Okay, number 19, I got the Tennessee Titans. Hey, they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. They keep doing what they're doing. I'm Brian Tannehill proved me wrong, decided to have a good game. I think, you know, they got to keep moving forward. I think they still got to give Will Levis a chance. But, hey, they won. They're a spot above the Bengals. My hat's off to them. Okay, number 18, the Green Bay Packers. They are on a roller coaster, guys. Yes, they beat the Bears the first week. But, by the way, it looks like anybody could beat the Bears on any given Sunday. And then they just kind of been up and down, you know. They lost in a bad fashion in Atlanta. Then they came back against New Orleans. And then they just got it handed to them by the Detroit Lions and the division foe. Which I think that, you know, really the Packers could be fighting for the division title. Well, for right now, it looks like the Lions are going to hold that for right now. Uh, Guys, the Packers, they need to figure out something. And they need to start running the ball more. Uh, Really, I think that's going to help this younger quarterback. So, because it's not Aaron Rodgers back there anymore, it's Jordan Love. And I think Matt LaFleur has got to recognize that and and try to get this running game going to help his uh, quarterback out. Okay, next up, I got the Indianapolis Colts playing very good football, guys. They are, you know, they got a lot of fight in them. It's good to see Anthony Richardson was back and he can really, he he can sling that rock pretty quick and he can really find the holes on rushing through, so... They got some decent stuff to talk about in Indianapolis. They got Jonathan Taylor, I think, getting ready to come back this week. I get it that there's a little bit of problems with the relationship with Jonathan Taylor. The one way that to repair it for both sides, I think, is to get him on the field. Number one, get him on the field so he can start playing and showcasing his talents. Number two, you get him on the field, maybe he feels better and showcasing his talents and going and playing. So... I think they got to get Jonathan Taylor back on this field. And then I'm really curious to see what this team could look like with him back behind there with Anthony Richardson. Okay, 16 on the list. The Los Angeles Rams. They look, they could, I don't know what to say. They could go look so good one week and so inept one uh, next week. I think, like I told you guys on this pod, they got to keep running the football. That's a big thing for me. Kyron Williams has got to keep getting the ball from uh, to give Matthew Stafford a little bit more time because that line, guys, is abysmal. 
he Matthew Stafford is like the walking dead back there. I mean, they had to carry him um, some of the last game just to make it, you know, in overtime, carry him up to the line of scrimmage, you know, Byron Leftwich style. So um, we'll have to see. It's it's going to be interesting, but the Rams, hey, you know what? They're getting Cooper Cup back. They got some options. Nakua looks like the real deal for a fifth-round uh, pick wide receiver. All right, next up, we got the Washington Commanders at number 15. They gave the Eagles everything that they could. Uh, they've only had one game that they've really gotten blown out, and that's by the Buffalo Bills, which the Bills are looking unlike what I thought on this podcast, like the real deal. So the Commanders, I think, have a lot of good fight on the defense. I think their offense is up and coming. I think Eric Bieniemy is be trying to prove something on as an offensive coordinator to try to take the next step. Commanders, number 15 on this list. Number 14, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Guys, they're not exactly where at the spot that I thought they would be at, to start the season. They've lost some um, games that were kind of uh, head scratchers, but at the same time, they put together a victory against the Atlanta Falcons, which is a decent team usually, but so far the last couple weeks, not so much. So anyway, Jacksonville Jaguars, 14th on this list. Okay, number 13 is the Cleveland Browns. For all those people that said the Cleveland Browns offense is broken and what's the matter with Deshaun Watson? Well, I don't think anything's wrong with Deshaun Watson because when he's in there, that offense is actually working. So I don't know how long his injury is going to keep him out for. Hopefully he's back here soon. But man, they really got to try to figure out who's going to be running that ball. On that and that defense, you know, kind of had a little bit bad game this last game. They, you know, what they're allowed, but I think they're still going to be contenders in the AFC North. Okay, number 12, another AFC North team, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know what to think about this uh offense, guys. Uh, Kenny Pickett did go out with a bone bruise, I'll get into that a little bit more of that later. Their defense, which is usually rock solid. Uh, had nothing to do against the Houston Texans. I don't know what's going on with this offense. They're calling for Matt Canada's head in in Pittsburgh. They might get it, so we'll see. For right now, the Steelers fell to 12th on this list. Okay, number 11, climbing back up to this spot is uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, guys. They played some good ball against uh, a division foe in the New Orleans Saints that I thought had a pretty good defense, and they proved uh, me wrong, so... Tampa Bay, hey, the Baker Mayfield experiment's still working out. Hats off to you guys. They're the tops in the NFC South for right now. So here we go. Number 11 for you guys. Okay, number 10. And I was I was hesitant to put him up this high, but I don't know who else to put up this high. That's the Los Angeles Chargers. They've won last couple games. Their offense is putting up some stuff. Their defense is starting to look better. They are still trying to do Chargers things where they're trying to give away the game at the end, but they've lucked out and won despite all of their things. So they are number 10 on the list. Okay, going to number 9 on the list is the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, dominating defensive performance. They've got a stout running game. Geno's doing enough to win most of the time, which they didn't have to do that much in the passing game last night. They had the game under control. Seattle Seahawks are looking pretty legit. Okay, number eight on this list. I'm starting to believe. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, guys. The Detroit Lions. Yes. 
after a couple good defensive performances by the Lions. I am in. I'm riding the bus with them. I think that they are the tops of the NFC North, which isn't saying much, by the way, with the NFC North, but that's okay. You still got to win it. So, Detroit Lions, hats off to you. I think Jared Goff's playing some solid ball. And like I said, their defense is playing unreal. Okay, number seven on the list is the Baltimore Ravens. They've been taking care of business, AFC North-wise, and that's what they've done. They've had one loss to Indianapolis Colts, which was a little confounding. But other than that, they've been taking care of business, and they've been beating some pretty decent teams. So, Baltimore Ravens, number seven on the list. Okay, falling to this spot at number six is the Miami Dolphins. Guys, they just, for having such a a 70-point output game to a 20-point output game, they just did not look the same team. I don't know if they just wasted too much the week before and they were tired of running around, (laughs) or they just didn't have an answer for what the Buffalo Bills did on defensively to them. So they got to go back to the drawing board a little bit because it was really confounding that the Bills kept... Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill to very low receiving yards when these guys are supposed to be the answer to all of those problems. I trust that the Dolphins will still figure it out in the end. But So they're number six on the list. They didn't fall out of the top ten, but not a very good game last game. Okay, number five on the list is the Dallas Cowboys. They handled business in Dallas against the New England Patriots. Their defense is definitely dominant. They get to prove a lot this next week against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday Night Football. So they handled the Niners, guys. They are definitely going to break the top, uh, further up the top five. But for right now, they got to prove it. Their offense still needs to, I think, kind of come together a little bit more. But their defense is playing stout. Okay, number four on this list is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, the Eagles haven't looked superb in the first four games. But I will tell you this. They are still putting points on the board when they need to. And their defense is still looking pretty good when it needs to and making the stops when it needs to. That's what's going to happen. Are they exactly at where they were last year at this time? No. They have two brand new coordinators on the offense and the defense because those guys went and got head coaching jobs. I think they're starting to get it figured out. I think that they're starting to kind of, they're going to have better games coming on up, better opponents. This is the time to figure things out and that's what they're doing. So they're number four on the list. Okay, big jump for this team going to number three is the Buffalo Bills. Yes, yes, yes. I wasn't a believer at the beginning of the season. But for right now, guys, they're handling business. They're doing what they need to do. That defense is looking superb under Sean McDermott calling the plays. They had a great game plan against Miami offensively and defensively. The only thing that I will tell you is I'm glad to see that the running game starting to work out for Buffalo. They got Cook, Harris, and Murray really running the ball well, which is a good three-headed monster. I, I still think that they could use another passing um, option in there. You know, if if somebody's looking to maybe, you know, get another wide receiver, I think they might be the people looking. Because if they could get just another threat to kind of free up Stefan Diggs more, now he still catches the ball no matter how many people are on him. But if they could just get another threat to make people think about some stuff, the Buffalo Bills are going to be staying on top of this list for a while. Okay, number two, 
Not a great game last game, but they ended up winning, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, they got Patrick Mahomes. That's why they're number two on this list. They've got Travis Kelsey still. Their defense is still doing pretty much a lot of stuff that's great. The problem that I see with the Chiefs, and talked about it a little bit yesterday, is I don't know who's going to catch the ball on this team from the wide receiver room. Someone needs to step up. I don't think it's going to be Kadarius Toney. I thought it was going to be maybe Sky Moore. It doesn't look like it's Sky Moore. Feldes Scantling is like a three-catch-a-game guy, so it's not going to be him. I don't know what they're going to do on this on this offensive side with the wide receivers. I think they could be in the mode of looking for somebody if somebody's looking for a trade because I think they could definitely use to bring in somebody solid that's a hands guy that could make you know a lot of the plays. But right now, Kansas City, they're two overall. But that was a shaky game the last game. Let's see what happens moving forward. Okay, and the number one guys on this list, you know who it is. It's the San Francisco 49ers. They took care of business against the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, their defense didn't look that, uh, that superb, if you will, but they still held them to 16 points, and they put up 35 points. And they put up 35 points with Debo Samuel not catching a ball and George Kittle only catching one ball. So, yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke and see how that looks because that's pretty scary from the San Francisco 49ers side of things. All right, guys, let's do a quick little injury roundup. Here are the big injuries from week four, things that uh, stuck out to me, things to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, Justin Herbert, he broke his middle finger on his non-throwing hand. He's going into a bye week. This isn't going to affect him whatsoever. He even said it's not going to affect him whatsoever, but just something to kind of keep in mind. Kenny Pickett has a bone bruise on his knee. He is probably going to definitely be out this week, guys. They have a bye week the following week in week six. I could totally see them sitting him down this week, and then they've got the bye week next week and him coming back or trying to come back in week seven. I think he needs some time. Those bone bruises on knees are definitely not easy, so I would look for Trubisky to start this week. Okay, uh, another one that's coming on up. Uh, we saw Javante Williams, the running back from the Denver Broncos, go down with a hip flexor. I don't know too much on this. Uh, he's saying it's, it shouldn't keep him out long, but we'll we'll kind of see. All right, uh, the Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams has a shoulder injury, which post game he said was not feeling great. Usually, when a player says that in post game, usually all they're saying is, "Oh no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine." But if the player is saying it's not that great, it might not be that good. So we'll have to keep an eye on Devontae Adams and his shoulder. Okay, Mike Evans has a hamstring injury. He's kind of week to week. They don't know how long that's going to keep him out. Um, Cincinnati Bengals lost T. Higgins to a rib fracture. It looks like that's going to keep him out for a while. I don't know how long. I know that they could put on flak jackets, but... Those ribs, uh, if you've ever had a broken rib or, or cracked rib, they are painful. Um, not to mention trying to play football with it. So, moving on to a couple Patriots uh, injuries. We had Christian Gonzalez uh, dislocate his shoulder. He's out kind of indefinitely. That's their star cornerback uh, rookie. And then we saw Matthew Judon. Uh, he tore his bicep tendon, guys. You could tell he was really holding on to that arm during the game, and he is out indefinitely as well. So a couple uh, hurting uh, people on that uh, New England Patriots defensive side, which was playing pretty decent ball up till last week. Okay, and then the big one um, for the Bills, uh, Tre- Tredavious White. He tore his Achilles, guys, in that game. He's going to miss the whole year. 
That sucks. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to him. Hopefully he gets better. We'll go from there. All right, guys. That's it. That's the final run it back from week four. That's post-week four power ranking for you. Tune in Thursday, guys. I'll give you my picks for the week. We'll talk about what's coming on up, and we'll go from there. But for right now, thanks for joining Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast and with PG Janky, and I'm out.